the crypt of the Dominican chapel of the Escorial, under the crack of the whip and in a flood of screams, wailing men and women begged for mercy. In the center of it all, robed in a black cloak, his hair shaved into a monk's tonsure, and with a grim expression stood Torquemada, unmoved by the horrors around him. Victims were stretched on the rack, suffocated with water, had their genitals burnt and their fingers beaten with hammers. This was the Grand Inquisition. You are listening to Blind History, and we are making our way towards the end of Season 4. We've covered the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think today's guy falls squarely into the category of the ugly. My co-host, as ever, is Anthony Miedera and uh, Torquemada. <laughs> it almost sounds like in Mel Brooks's History of the World, uh, which is the first time I heard about Torquemada. He does a musical number. You know, Mel Brooks is hilarious because he looks at all of history and and he makes fun of it in the history of the world. But with Torquemada, he goes, I, I talk about this, I talk about it. <laughs> that's how I remember the name. Um, this guy, Thomas de Torquemada, has got to be one of the ugliest characters in history. And maybe he's been treated a little unfairly because the whole of the Inquisition was put in his lap and it wasn't all up to him. But really not a tasteful creature, this. Yeah, look, I mean, I think he, he took it on. You know, yes, everybody around was doing it, but he just took it off the charts. But where I heard from the Spanish Inquisition, I remember my dad might have gone out late or something, and my mom used to question him, where have you been? So then he would say, what, is this the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> so, and then in Monty Python style, a whole lot of people break through the wall and go, nobody requested the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. So let's just start with his name, because there's a story attached to Torquemada's name which makes him all the more fearsome in the annals of history. And that is that Tor is a tower. Kemada means he was on fire. So he was a tower of fire. And I think that that might have been part of the reason he was such a, a zealot. And even the word zealot has its origins in part of the Inquisition. He belonged to a, a sect of Catholic Christians called the Dominicans, who were well known for being the hounds of the church. These were the people who took most seriously the literal descriptions of what should and shouldn't happen in Catholicism. I think they were born out from the 1200s already. There was a German sect that the Catholic Church needed to invert a common to take out. And then I think there was another religious group that there was also at the time where there was a lot of trouble. So prior to the actual severity of the Spanish Inquisition, there was a lot of um, areas in Europe where, where – Catholic Church sent inquisitors to try and sort it out. And I think the Dominicans came out of that, and then the Pope recognized them as, as a certain sector. It was a very strange time. We're talking about Spain, right, and about the 1400s. Correct, yes. Um, and it's uh, funny enough, the, it was when the persecuted became the persecutors. Because I think, you know, we've spoken a lot about Roman history, but Nero, when supposedly burned down Rome, in AD 64, around there, um, the Great Fire, he had to find a scapegoat. So he found the Christians. Mm -hmm. But you know, um, later on, it was reversed. And I think just briefly, Pope Lucius III, you know, declared a papal bull, formalizing hunting down and punishing of heretics. But I think it was a little bit disorganized. And, and then Pope Gregory in 1231 made it more organized, so almost like they had a court. And then they started training the inquisitors to... 
identify and then actually teach them how to torture without blood. And so they've got a lot more organized. Well, let's just start with the story of Spain. It was a bunch of disparate kingdoms, but under Ferdinand and Isabella, which is really when the Inquisition proper was launched, Spain began to resemble the Spain that we know today. The provinces of Aragon and Castile came together. And Queen Isabella, who did a, a number of really good things in her reign with her with her consort, also was a very pious woman. And, you know, whenever you mix up um, extreme religion and power, you usually end up in some trouble. And she was actually cultivated by Torquemada as her confessor. He was her personal priest when she was growing up, and confession is an important part of Catholicism. So he had a tremendous amount of influence on her. And his life before that wasn't remarkable. He was born in uh, Valladolid in Spain, which is not a, a place well known for its Catholicism or for its strict religious rules. But he was one of those guys who, who adopted all of those rules with gusto. I mean, he would he'd sleep on a plank. He would only wear his habit, which was scratchy made of, I don't know, barbed wire or whatever it was that they could find. He shaved his hair in a tonsure, which is probably the worst hairstyle in human history. You know, it's where you're bald on top. Yeah, some of the pictures are crazy, yeah. Jesus, I mean, that hairstyle is something. <laughs> <laughs> My God. And, um, and he was a, a grim chap. I mean, everything was sin and, and, and fire and sulfur and hell and brimstone. Very grim man. Believed that... Not only was it good to know what to worship, but also it was really important that you knew what not to do in your religion. And if you did any of those things you were not meant to do, it was as bad as not believing. Correct. And that's it. Uh, that was the end of the road for you. Get burnt. And just also on, on that and, and where the Jews came in for such a hammering, it's partly because of uh, the Black Plague. So. Uh, yeah, the Black Plague came to Europe. There were some ships that came from the east in Sicily, and they were all of them were dead or mostly dead. But what they found out, there were towns where a lot of Jewish people in it were the ones that weren't getting killed. I mean, 20 million people were killed by the Black Plague, but why were the Jews not killed? So they straight away said, look, the Jews have got something to do with it, that devils or, or whatever it might be, that, that they are causing this plague. And that's also where they started to target the Jews. But Actually, what had happened was that the Jewish religion were very clean in that they washed their hands when they were close with somebody else or they washed their hands when they eat or go to the toilet, whereas right. decades could go by with the Christians and they didn't wash their hands. Yes, that's, that's absolutely true. Now, you would think that if God spared the Jews from the Great Plague, that that would show that God chose the Jews rather than that they were responsible for the plague. But this is not, a time, this is not a time of great rationality, and it's worth uh -huh. saying that in all seriousness, before the Holocaust of the Nazis in the, in the 1900s, this was probably the most open form of anti-Semitism that has ever been practiced in the world. It was rife, and it was violent, and it was ugly. There are things that were done during this Inquisition, which are so horrible, that when I read about them, I actually had to source some of the original documents because I couldn't believe it was true, that people would be this maniacal and it frightens me that, again, when people are so convinced that they're right, and when they believe they've got God on their side, they do tremendous amounts of evil. I find that this Inquisition is probably one of the ugliest blots on the, the history of Western civilization. I agree. It's a big stain on the history of the Western civilization. And, and Voltaire said, it's dangerous to be right in matters on which the established authorities are wrong. 
And this is exactly what transpired. So let's get back to Torquemada because he wasn't the only person involved in promulgating what became the Spanish Inquisition or the Great Inquisition. He did get papal approval for it, but he was actually one of the guys I was interested to read who pulled back on some of the excesses when he was made Grand Inquisitor. He actually restrained some of the more violent and ugly and nasty forms of torture that were employed to convert people. And the focus of most of the Inquisition was actually on people who had already converted to Catholicism from Judaism or Islam. In other words, these are people who had told everyone that they had become Catholic. They'd abandoned their Judaism. And Torquemada was not convinced. So it was really like a witch hunt. You know, he's not a witch. Oh, he says he's not a witch, but we know deep down inside he's a witch. He's not a racist. He says he's not a racist, but deep down inside we know he's a racist. It's that kind of thing. They would look at, watch these conversos, as they called them, the ones that converted from Judaism to Catholic, and they would see that. So why are they working at night cleaning their house, on a Friday night cleaning their house, or on a Saturday, why is the fire's not burning? Yeah. You know, and they would read into those type of things to say, look, uh, uh-uh. you're only pretending to be a Catholic. Correct. And, yeah. and what's so sick about it is that, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but charcuterie, which is, you know, a famous Spanish dish where you've got kind of cured ham and, and various pieces of, of meat. Most of it is pork. Uh, the reason that charcuterie became a thing is because it was actually passed around during the Inquisition. And if you didn't take any, it must have meant that you were secretly Jewish and therefore they could out you. But the tortures, I mean, this is what people will come to this episode for. The tortures were indescribable. The rack. The rack is where they'd put you on a series of wooden beams and they would stretch you and sometimes break your bones and pull your muscles off your bones with such anguish and pain that you would confess. You'd go, all right, all right, all right, I'm a Jew. I don't believe in in Catholicism. I don't believe in Jesus. And then they'd take you off the rack and they'd ask you again in case you'd changed your mind. And it just seemed that for some, you know, it didn't matter how much you protested. You had to confess in the end because the pain was just too great. What other tortures did you read about? The one that was very scary was pouring boiling water down their throat and then putting a, a cloth in their mouths. So you're suffocating in that heat. And then also a weight below, uh, tied around their feet and then pushing them into a pit so that their whole insides just got crushed from the weight. Then a fork, which is very apt in terms of the devil or well, it was like a pitchfork, which they cut the pole off and they put it under their necks and they had to constantly keep their necks up straight. If they drop the necks, they slice open their chins. So, I mean, they were pulled off fingernails and breasts, hung the testicles around their ears. That's, that's just frightening stuff. They had a thing called a Judas chair. I don't know if you saw this in the descriptions, but it was a chair which had like a, a triangular spike that you would have to sit on and slowly as you sat, your own weight would push you down on this thing so that you'd end up impaling yourself. It sounds a little bit like Vlad. It's just outrageous that this was carried out by people who believed they were doing God's work. And for Jews, it just became absolutely impossible. And even though they thought they'd reached the apex of their persecution, there was more in store because Torquemada was convinced that unless they got rid of all the Jews – and that included ones in high rank who are in service to the king and queen, that Spain would be impure. And with impurity, they'd be punished by God for their sins. And once upon a time, so to speak, it was a guy called Abram Senor 
who worked for Ferdinand and Isabella, and he was a Jewish convert, a converso, as you said. And uh, he tried to persuade Ferdinand and Isabella to not expel the Jews. He said, look, the Jews contribute to the economy. We're part of the society. We like being here. And we've many of us have converted. And he was just about to convince them. And Torquemada found out about this and flew into a rage, which apparently happened a lot. Uh, he was a very angry man and ran into the apartments, the royal apartments, and threw down 30 pieces of silver, which, of course, comes from the Bible where Judas betrayed Jesus with 30 pieces of silver or whatever it was. And he said, look, our Messiah was betrayed by 30 pieces of silver. Here, let me pay your price if you're going to take Abram Senor seriously. So sure, I make that shocked Ferdinand, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, they they had no choice. That's scary. Yeah, that was just massive, massive fear tactics. I think that's the game they played, and and I also think that he just couldn't keep up with all the the burning and the torturing. So they had to say, well, it's not working fast enough, and we yeah. need to move move quicker. And some of the stories that when they they signed the bill, the Jews had to leave. I mean, it was so sad. One example was putting them on on ships and. They would pay the captain a certain amount of money. They get into the middle of the sea, then they throw them overboard, and then they keep the money. They go back for more. So it was really, really terrible. Well, the term Sephardic Jew, which refers to those Jews who were expelled from Spain in the 1400s, um, is still one of two major divisions in the Jewish faith. There are the Ashkenazis and the Sephardic Jews. And those Sephardic Jews, many of them never returned to Spain. They, they made their homes in North Africa or in Portugal or in other parts of Europe, which were also hugely anti-Semitic at the time. Um, and some tried to stay because they were so desperate, but they had to convert. And obviously, then they had to go through the whole Inquisition again, which was just untenable. You can only imagine the amount of suffering that the people went through, trying to just live a good life, just trying to be you know, parents, children, uncles, aunts, trying to play their part in the community, let alone own anything. Because when the Inquisition came after you, they took all your property and your family were just destitute. And this suited Torquemada because he became extremely rich from all the lands that he got out of this. That was the crazy part, I think. Well, one of the ugliest things I read is that Ferdinand and Isabella actually gifted him as his own property, and it was the property he died on, a Jewish cemetery. And yeah, that's correct. That was where he built his own monastery on top of the graves of Jews of centuries past who'd been buried there. It's just, it's such an abominable insult in the worst possible sense that this is where this man made his final home. With this type of thing, they were extortionists. That's, so what they did was they used to go raid the church's files and then pull out the files of people that they might know and, and then say to them, look, I've got all these documents, give me X amount of money and then you can buy them back from me. So there was a whole lot of things that this inquisition created, like side games and extortionism. And uh, also the other sad thing is there was not a lot of entertainment. So they, they used to meet in the town squares where they used to have these burnings and used to get all the people coming with great excitement, children on top of their father's shoulders, right? trying to see, you know, and their fathers was, and mothers saying, listen, if you know, if you go against the beliefs of, of Catholicism, um, you could end up here. And then they paraded them around with conical hats around the town. And then finally they put them onto this, this platform. And um, if you confessed at that last minute, then you would just be hung. But if you didn't confess, that you'd be burned alive. Torquemada was, in some people's opinion, the most violent and aggressive of these 
inquisitors, but there were others who were probably a whole lot worse that we don't know about. It all fell under his name. And the Pope himself, and, and remember, there were a couple of popes during the time of the Spanish Inquisition. The Pope himself was opposed to all these excesses. He heard about these stories and couldn't believe what he was hearing. It was shocking even to the most devout Catholics. And, and there were probably good people in Spain who either turned a blind eye or tried to raise their voices in protest, but then they'd be swept along as well. But Gareth, you know that the Pope we're talking about was the notorious uh, Rodrigo Borgio, uh, which is Alexander <laughs> the Sixth. So yeah. Pope Alexander the Sixth. So he wasn't a shining light. No, and he and he was he was Spanish himself, so he probably had sympathies with these uh, anti. Yeah, but he definitely played a big role in calming it down and stopping these type of things. I, was there anything redeeming about Torquemada? When you look back on his history, when you try to find something in this guy's story, because we've found uh, slightly redeeming qualities in even some of the most hideous people in history. And, and I was wondering if there's anything that you read that made you think maybe Torquemada wasn't all bad. Maybe listen to the confessions of Isabella. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> I didn't see anything that would, uh, I didn't see anything that would uh, make me believe that Thomas Torquemada was in any way, I think he was just an evil, evil man. And, and, you know, he perpetrated it under the, you know, under the guise of religion. I suppose you could say he was hardworking. <laughs> he worked very hard to burn people. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's, he was a strict disciplinarian when it came to burning people. Great. The same applies to the witches. It wasn't just the Jewish people and the Muslims. I mean, you know, if you were a homeopath in Spain, in 1460, I mean, you were going to be burned sometime. They think you're a witch. Yeah, well, there we go. Maybe the witches are actually lurking in the church. Certainly, this was not the best time to be in Spain. Uh, it was it was the worst time for you to be uh, disliked by your neighbors because they would, if they wanted to ruin you, they would just report you to the, the Spanish Inquisition. And there were many people who, uh, even in Torquemada's eyes, might have been considered innocent who were taken down by the Inquisition. But... Torquemada, um, he was untouched and I think he died a natural death. Yeah, he died in old age. In fact, in his old age, in order to help him along, the Pope gave him four deputies who were able to carry out the inquisitions on his part because he just, you know, he didn't have the energy to burn people at the stake anymore. And he went off to retire in this uh, monastery that he built for himself and died there at an advanced age. But, uh, you know, the, the wheel does turn, albeit with, um, Torquemada was very, very slow because in 1832, a mob raided his tomb and took his bones and actually burnt them. Gee, okay, well, that probably is deserved. Definitely deserved. <laughs> <laughs> well, there he is, Thomas the Torquemada. May we never see his like again. Blind History is brought to you by Taylor Blinds and Shutters. All the episodes are available on the cliffcentral.com website and app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Going back to Mel Brooks, he had a song that went, um, The Inquisition, what a show, The Inquisition, here we go, we know you're wishing that we'd go away, but The Inquisition's here and it's here to stay, and it's just hilarious because he says um they go hey Torquemada, what do you say and he goes i just got back from the order de fe 
The order de fe, what's the order de fe? It's what you oughtn't to do, but you do anyway. Sure, that's the burning place where they burn everybody. Horrible. Uh, yeah. but, uh, only Mel Brooks could have got that right. 